You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. WGHD2 Voice Board in W265 CG Tuscaloosa. A town square media station. One man to beat, you could forget about it. Touchdown, Alabama. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Alabama, first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole, he's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way in there. I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched you, watched you work out in the weight room. At least you pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it, and I run it back six things like Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Welcome into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning and we're ready to get things rolling right here on your home for Alabama Sports Tide 100.9. Join us on the radio dial at Tide 100.9. You can also join us at Tide109.com. Also on the Martin Houston Radio Network uh, on the various outlets. It is a beautiful day, and I'm so excited to get things rolling. I want to remind you that this is the day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone, be the difference you want to see in the world today. Phone lines are open, 205-342-9904. That's the Alabama One hotline, so we're open. Love to hear from you. Also, you can always uh, add your thoughts into chat. We have some carryover from yesterday on a, a few chat comments as well, as I'm sure we'll get some new ones today. Good morning, X. How you doing, sir? Good morning. Doing well. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, good morning, Joe. We had an a interesting day yesterday. Had a lot of calls. Love those. So. We may have more even today, but uh, uh, we'll have D.C., D.C. Capstone Report joining us here uh, in uh, the second quarter. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a couple things from, from yesterday um, that, that we did not get to. Just a couple things, uh, guys, from, from the game, you know, um, there's a, a lot <laughs> – a lot, a lot of people talking about the play calling, of course, uh, the uh, and, and just getting out coached. Uh, but let's take a just a step away from from Alabama because if I don't bring it up at this point in the week, may not get to bring it up. As you watch college football uh, this past weekend, what what were some of your biggest takeaways and? Technically, week three, but call week two of, of the 2022 season. What's your biggest takeaway so far from, from the, the college football season? Man, when I look at this season, this year especially, it proves to me that preseason rankings are absolutely pointless. You're talking about Marshall beating Notre Dame, Appalachian State beating Texas a and A&M. Uh, Alabama's game against Texas. I think we gotta wait so that the there aren't these unrealistic expectations at the beginning of the season. Give it a couple weeks, then rank. Sort of like you do the um, 
the the uh, college football uh, playoffs. Um, you know, we don't we don't pick the playoffs based off of last year's team. We pick it. We rank the playoffs literally based off of what you've been able to see. Um, and I'm going to come back to that. Uh, Joe, what's your biggest takeaway? Well, uh, I, I, I guess my biggest takeaway is still uh, you got to have a quarterback if you want if you want to be if you want to win. And I, I think you've seen that in some of these close games, uh, really throughout the country. Uh, the Appalachian State North Carolina game, really the better quarterback won. Texas A and M is struggling because they don't have a good, they don't have a real good quarterback. Auburn struggling because they don't have a real good quarterback. Notre Dame hadn't really found theirs. Florida was up one week down the down the next due to their quarterback. I, I really think that you got to have a quarterback if you want to be uh, highly competitive in college football. Yeah, and both of those are are, are absolutely. Great takeaways, and I would add one more thing to it, and then we'll talk about those three things really quick. I would say uh, the impact of the transfer portal, how fast a team can get the right pieces and turn things around. Um, first of all, preseason rankings, uh, guys, as you look at it, you talk about the preseason rankings, Florida beat Utah, and we said Florida was great. Why? Because Utah, Utah was a top 10 team, right? And then the next week, uh, Florida gets beat at home because of, you know, that, that because Florida beats the Utah team, we all of a sudden said Florida is now better than the Kentucky team that we said before they played a game was better than Florida. But we saw what happened in that game. So, and what, hey, Joe, to your point, the difference in that game was probably the quarterback play, right? When um, you look at Kentucky and Florida, you have another uh, interesting game. A lot of people aren't talking about this. BYU um, was uh, a top 20 team, and Baylor was a top, you know, uh, 10 team, top based and then after a week but then a top uh top 15 team and BYU was favored after the going into the game and I'm like how do you <laughs> how, how do we have one team that considered better but we rank them right so you start looking at the rankings and it's just and there's so many teams to to do that but what was the difference in the the upsets it's almost all three of those things kind of combined. Uh, X. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Richardson, we were like, hey, this is a Heisman candidate. This is the next Tim Tebow. And then he goes out and plays terrible against Kentucky. You know, he's still yet to throw a touchdown pass on the season. Uh, you look at Notre Dame, they, they haven't been able to get a quarterback, their quarterback to play consistently. Then he gets hurt and probably out the rest of the season. Then you look at Texas A&M and Hayes King looks pedestrian. Yes, they beat Sam Houston State, but they didn't look pretty doing it. So now you're going, okay. And then that's just been the case. And you look at the Alabama game, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, you could potentially say that he outplays Bryce Young because at the point that he got hurt, he had. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, look, look I, you know, uh, look at the top teams. Even though he's not the superstar, he played the most consistent so far, possibly. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs quarterback, uh, you know, he played big time against Oregon. Is Oregon good? We said they were, but are they? We don't know. And then, of course, you, you can drop down, you know, Alabama won because of quarterback play. Ohio State quarterback. Michigan, two quarterbacks. Clemson's still sitting at number five, but people are questioning them. And then if you jump down to number seven, USC is looks like a legit threat, Joe, for what reason? What, what was, where did they start the season off at? Do you remember? Um, they were 18, ranked top. Go ahead. Weren't they like 18, 19? 
to start. The yeah, they were they were down, but all of a sudden they have what two things, yo? They got some some quick help in the transfer portal, uh, and they have a quarterback. <laughs> so now USC and is USC legit? I don't know, um, but you know, two wins in and. They've kind of hit what we were just talking about. And so I, I think that this portal thing is going to make it extremely, extremely interesting. Now, Kentucky beat Florida, and you see where they're ranked now? No, I haven't seen. They were 20th coming into the season. I mean, uh, after last week. They beat Florida, and now they're number 11. I mean, number nine. They moved up 11 spots. We just moved Florida up 20 spots, you know, the week before. Um, so it's almost incestuous sometimes the way you look at look at some of this stuff. Uh, but but those three things are my biggest takeaway. Before we get to break, bring DC and we'll talk some giveaways, uh, giveaway takeaways, good, bad, ugly, uh, and a couple other things that I think this Alabama team is missing. Any other comments on uh, the big takeaways for the season? So far, nah, nah. I, I really think that you're going to see quite a few. Not necessarily in the top, but you're going to see a lot of surprising losses and surprising wins, whichever way you want to talk about it, think about it. And I think this portal uh, is going to help teams quickly get there. Uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks may be legit, guys. Uh, Sam Pittman, he, he's old offensive line coach, Joe X, and it seems like he's worked on getting them big hog mollies ready to play up front, and they got a seasoned quarterback. They went out and got a wide receiver. Looked like they may have addressed some of the things that they were losing from last year and got better. So Arkansas top 10 team, Kentucky a top 10 team, uh, and that, that gives out, I mean, Alabama and SEC four teams in the top ten. Uh, we'll, we'll see what that means as we move down the road. Uh, of course, sitting at number four is, I, I thought he was, a, I always thought he was the most overrated coach, but uh, Jimbo Fisher is fighting hard to, to take that spot from um, Harbaugh. But we'll, we'll break down. All of the conversation that we need to. Uh, guys, if you have something you want to get to, you can get to that. But uh, what's your biggest concern coming out of that game? We're going to ask DC that question to start start things off. And if you could add one thing to this Alabama team, what would it be? We'll talk about those, and we'll talk about good, bad, ugly, as well as takeaways. More conversation right here on the Martin Houston Show with Martin and Xavier up next. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we've got a minor wreck on 2059 eastbound. This is near mile marker 91. You can expect some minor delays in the area. If you see other conditions, just give me a call. 205-886-80. Need at the price you want. Track phone wireless. Now you're in control. Available at major retailers. 5G compatible device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. See terms and conditions at trackphone.com. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. It's a dry forecast for the rest of this week and the weekend ahead. Today, sunny, less humid, the high 84. Clear and cool again tonight, the low 58. We stay dry tomorrow and Thursday with a good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 84 and 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 57 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Scott Smith and Softmark Design doing business for 17 plus years. Specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at softmarkdesign.com. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
Capstone Report to join the conversation, talking to us about the good, bad, ugly, key takeaways, impact of the portal, biggest questions, what would you add, etc. Got a lot to get to. If you're just now joining the conversation or would like to get in on the conversation, 205-342-9904, the Alabama One Hotline is open for business, or you can add your question and comment to chat. As we were going to break there, we were asking a question, um, what's the biggest questions about this Alabama team? What would you add? But before that, we had talked about what's the biggest takeaways from the college football season uh, one was preseason rankings are <laughs> are nothing but money makers um, for those who rank them, um, and they give false expectations and actually put some people down um, lower than they should be, and they buy into it. Also, quarterback play is paramount, uh, and we saw that throughout the college. Uh, world uh, the last two weeks and last but not least the impact on the portal and its ability to um, turn a team around and C.J. Watson said development and coaching is greater than recruiting rankings example Kentucky, USC App State, Arkansas and throw in start at Texas A&M and on the flip side, look at Jimbo at A and M. So lots of thoughts there. Uh, DC, what's your been your biggest takeaway of the college football season so far? Well, I think the three that you've listed are, are big takeaways, no, no doubt. Uh, you know, I've always thought that uh, preseason polls are uh, only talking points. You get people talking points that really don't have anything to back it up with, based on what you did last year and what people think you might do this year. You know, the quarterback play is, is really significant this year. You see the teams that have the strong quarterback play can can, and can make a, a difference. And I think that's what the difference was in this Alabama game this weekend was Bryce Young's ability to take over the game in those last two drives, despite what play was called, to make something out of them. Uh, and uh, you're right, the transfer portal has given people uh, uh, opportunities that they that maybe didn't have to teams to uh, plug in somebody that can make a difference. I think Arkansas is a, is a prime example of that. They've done it on de- offense and on defense. Now, the Drew Sanders, I mean, people talk about Drew Sanders, but his acquisition of the transfer portal was has really uh, solidified that uh, Arkansas's defense. So I think those are all three good takeaways. The only other takeaway I would give is that uh, people's fan base's expectations. Uh, <laughs> always, uh, uh, you know, Alabama's fan base is, a, is, is I always talk about that at Harvard probably more than anybody about how what our expectations are. Coach Saban alluded to it several times, but it's not just uh, Alabama. You look all over the uh, the stretch here; these these fan bases and their expectations of what their what their team is going to do is sometimes unrealistic uh, in a world where we live in, where there's more parity now than there has been in college football. And that's DC DC Capstone Report, who's joining us for the rest of the morning. Uh, Joe, I want to come back. To, I want to let you respond on this before we move on. Uh, and X, you're welcome to respond. But you talk about the quarterback play uh, being so important, and all all three of you can respond to this, but I want to start with Joe since he brought that up. Joe, has the fact that quarterback play become almost like the NFL in, in terms of, you know, you're seeing some of the same thing in the NFL teams. If you don't have a good quarterback, you can have a bunch of talent uh, around, but if that quarterback doesn't play at a high level, you're not going to win, you know, division championships and Super Bowls. Has that, however, made the coaching even more important, both offensively and defensively, at the college level, maybe more so than it was uh, in terms of coordinators than it was maybe a few years ago? Um, I, I think you can overcome bad coaching with good quarterback play to 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 a degree, but but if you don't have if you don't have I I, I definitely think that if you don't have that top end quarterback like you like like a like a Bryce Young then. You have to coach at a much higher level. You have to be more creative, uh, more creative in in fooling defenses, and more more creative in uh, spreading the ball around. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that um, 
I, I, I do kind of think that one is a reflection of the other, uh, and, and how the quarterback pl- plays and operates is kind of a reflection of how he's how he's coached for sure. Right. Reason reason I I say that Joe is you can take a Bryce Young and and have the wrong coach and he's pedestrian. We saw that right Saturday until he just decided to take it on himself. That makes sense. And then you saw a guy who was limping and hurting who, because of the way the game has changed, it's just been unbelievable. Uh, uh, what Sark was able to do, uh, which shows he's grown as a coordinator because he stuck with his game plan this time, unlike he did when Bo Scarborough got hurt. <laughs> I just threw that out there. X, uh, uh, DC, y'all want to respond to that? Yeah, I mean, the quarterback play is is key at, at any level, really, at this point. Unless you just have a superstar and maybe the high school and college level at running back and things of that nature. But with, with, what, you, with, with what Sark did, not changing his game plan, keeping it going, it, it's really impressive to me when you're a quarterback was playing on one leg, and it was almost good enough to win. Yeah. D.C.? I think what Stark did, I think coordinators are very important to answer your question. I think defensive coordinators are very important to be able to scheme against an exceptional quarterback. And I think uh, offensive coordinators need to know how to use the talent that they have. And I think Stark did a better job of that in this game against Texas, against Alabama for Texas. My takeaway is uh, is is that Sark was able to identify what his quarterback could do and what plays he had in his play tree that would work, and he continued to use those plays over and over in different formations. Alabama, on the other hand, uh, identified what play would work, and we never saw it again. And so I I, I don't think that I think that's just the difference in in what you what what people are trying to do and how you're trying to coach. Uh, I think if you would if, if you if you accentuate the very positives of of the play, quarterback you have and play to their strengths, then you even make that exceptional quarterback better. But I think the same yeah. is true if you got a mediocre quarterback or an average quarterback. If you play to their strengths, you yes. make that average quarterback a better quarterback. And that's and that's why I say I, I think without great quarterback play, it's really hard to win in college football today. Yeah. It, you know. Even when the quarterback's not great, you know, the only teams that have beat Nick Saban has had elite quarterback play uh, on that day, even if that quarterback wasn't elite. And I think the way the game is able to be called, the way uh, the, the, the different RPO schemes and the, the, the fact that you can, you know, run linemen two and a half, three yards downfield, make it look like a run. Uh, all of the different route trees and the bubble screens and all of those things. There's so many other ways to get the, the get quarterback passing yards and into the game that the coordinator on the offensive side becomes mission critical in how he does that, to your point, D.C. But just as equally important is how a D.C., a defensive coordinator, is able to adjust to that quarterback play, uh, and it's magnified when you have a uh, a really, really good defensive coordinator and an average offensive coordinator, uh, and we saw that Saturday. I think um, Texas, uh, I think, and, not, and I'm not saying this because Alabama, I'm going to be surprised, uh, and, and y'all answer this question, just a yes or no, because we got to get to a couple of callers, uh, will you be surprised if Texas doesn't uh, run the table after what you saw Saturday? Do you think this Texas team very well could run the table uh, in the Big Twelve? Yes, I'm going to say no. Who, who who's better than Texas right now from what you've seen on film? It's not that I think any team is better. But they might be down to their third string quarterback for a few weeks, a month. 
I said based on what you saw Saturday, not not if the if, if the guys are out and hurt and injured. That's just like saying if Bryce Young goes down, Alabama doesn't run the table. I'm saying based on what you saw Saturday, the team that played Saturday, if that team shows up, can that Texas team run the table? Because what we're saying is 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 you, if you look at Texas, Texas played really good. Now I will say this: <laughs> we played about as bad as we could play and still won. So I think the gap is still there but uh that texas team looked like they physically were they needed to be they were really really a good team joe i'll let you come in and then we'll get to super joe uh i'm kind of was uh i i i don't know that they can they can play to that consistent standard the the, the rest of the year but it, but if they do then i do probably think that they are the best team in the big 12 yeah and that and that's the key was that was that and that's the question none of us know was that texas playing up because it was early in the season, and Alabama had, was on the. Remember what Nick Saban did to get better in the off season. Anybody remember what Nick Saban used to use? What what, what drove her? Huh? In the off season, he used that uh, marquee matchup first game, so they know they had to get ready for that first game because against a big team. And it drove them in the off season. Made them focus more and all that. And I thought we were past that. But undoubtedly, <laughs> we may not be. But I'm not ready to write them off. 15 penalties is a lot of penalties. Uh, 15 called penalties is a lot of penalties uh, to deal with. Super Joe, you in with the Martin Houston Show with uh, DC and Xavier. What's on your mind, sir? Um, I'll tell you what. I was looking like this. You know, our, our worst game in Texas, best game is still us come on top. The clutch winner, Bryce Young. But I'll say like this. Now, if Texas can um, play like they play, the rest of the season, they probably could run that big twelve. Cause I don't, I don't, do, I just don't really think I can still. I still don't think I can buy Oklahoma running the big, the big twelve. I think they can do enough to get by Oklahoma. But the fact of the matter is, you know. But I'm kind of glad this happened early than late. You know, I am because I'm glad because it's best to go ahead and get warned a little soon, or then get or get exposed later. Which which one hurts? Okay, a little tap on the shoulder right now, or or hmm. or, or do you want to hit destruction later? Mm-hmm. That's what you got. Level you got to look at that. Look at the big hey, DC. I let you respond before we get the break. I think it's always yeah. to learn a lesson when you win a game, rather than learn a lesson when you lose a game. <laughs> that's what. That's my position. I think you're right, Super Joe. Rather really have the tap on the shoulder instead of knocking the back of the head late in the season. So yeah, I think you're great. <laughs> and, then, and then you look at this. Look at the, look at Texas A&M, and they said. I mean, Texas A&M got dropped by Alaska about Appalachia State. So you see, I mean, that doesn't mean we gonna take Texas A&M for granted. But I mean, I think they were they must have been focused. Texas A&M must not have been focused on playing football. I don't know. But <laughs> I, hey, Super so Joe, I watched that. I watched that game, and that wasn't fluke. That wasn't a fluke with Appalachian State beating uh, Texas A&M. I mean, they beat them the old school way. They ran the ball consistently, had a quarterback transfer, you know, a guy that was second team at Clemson years back, and, you know, they played consistent football. Um, I don't know how bad Texas A&M is, but they had good play on defense, ran the ball well, and had very consistent quarterback play when needed, and, it wasn't a whole lot of trickery going on. They lined up and ran it at them. Uh, of course, they scored 40 points against North Carolina the week before in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, uh, um, you know, and they got some grant transfers. Everything that we talked about on display in the Appalachian. Uh, I got to let you go. Thanks, Super Joe. Uh, uh, the, we, everything that we talked about on the takeaways, guys, was on display in that Texas A&M App State game. Literally. All three preseason rankings, quarterback play, and grad—I mean, uh, in the transfer portal—and uh, and and they played they played it smart. And at one point, I don't know if you guys saw that game or not. At one point, they had had the ball almost 16 minutes. Texas had it just over four. Texas A&M had it just over four, and Appalachian State had the ball and was driving. It's hard to beat a team when you don't have the ball to score. So, yeah, I think uh, the final was 40-something minutes for App State and, like, 18 minutes for <laughs> Texas A&M. 
That's 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 rough on the that's rough on the team. So hey, coming back on the other side, guys, we'll we'll get to the questions that we asked earlier. Biggest questions, what would you add? Takeaways, good, bad, ugly, et cetera, right here on the Martin Houston show. Todd, stay tuned. We'll get you coming out of the break. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard. 4522. Don't wait. Call now. 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com as peptalks35.com or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. It's time for the Martin Houston Show with the same hard-hitting, no-nonsense approach in which he played the game. Martin will take you inside the locker room, down on the field, and across the goal line with his in-depth analysis. Welcome back in. Uh, remember, Alabama One, Alabama One, your choice for all your financial needs. Alabama One went together. Great promotion going on right now for you to finance that car. Get 60 days, no pay, up to $250 back. You can get interest rates as low as 1.99 based on the length of the term. Or you can go out as far as 84 months on a used, 96 months on a new. Uh, restrictions do apply but apply online at alabama1.org or stop by one of our branch locations. Get more cash for your car and more book for your truck. That's Alabama One, Alabama One, one together. And while you're there, don't forget to check out getting an insurance quote to add to the potential savings. All right, let's get back into the conversation. Um, Curtis, uh, I mean, sorry, yeah, let me see. Let me see who, who said it. Get it right here. Um, ew, you're talking about the whole uh, defense and what's going on with them. You know, uh, Curtis Moore saying, you know, the Big 12 is not known for defense. Well, <laughs> if that defense that showed up Saturday shows up, uh, uh, Texas could be a contender in just about any game. Because the reality of it is uh, all of the predictions, almost all of our predictions had um, – uh, Texas getting, you know, 17 to 20 points, and that's what they ended up with. So uh, right in that range. So anyway, uh, let's get to Todd. Todd, you're in uh, with the Martin Houston Show with DC, DC Capstone Report uh, on the Alabama One Hotline. What's on your mind, sir? Is Todd still there? All right. I think we may have lost Todd. If Todd's there, we can bring him back. Um, but DC, um, as we look at this particular <clears throat> game, um, what, what's your, uh, we'll go to good, bad, and ugly. What's your good, uh, good, bad, and ugly from the game? Well, I think, 
I think in this game, I think uh, the good has to be our defensive play. Uh, I think holding them to one touchdown in, the red, in all the red zone um, appearances, I, I think one thing that that's, uh, nobody's talking about is Pete Golden's defense this year has really uh, got a uh, a good foundation for what they do, and they're sticking with that plan. I think uh, Coach uh, Sark had a great game plan for that second-team quarterback when he came in. Golden recognized what he had, what he was using, what he was doing, and recognized that in the red zone he'd be able to take advantage of that. And he dialed up the pressure in the red zone when he needed to. He called the right stunts in the red zone when he needed to to stop them and held them to uh, field goals. So I think DC, that, before uh, you go on, though, why wouldn't we blitz in the open field? I think that I think he was concerned about the downfield uh, passes that we were they were hitting early with Worthy. I think Worthy is a generational talent at, at wide receiver, and I think that he didn't want to uh, put pressure on the on the back end of the defense at that time. He knew he could hold him in a uh, in a shorter field and play with his with the, the style of play that he has and the, and the really good up front play that he's got could really mm. would work better in a shorter field. And that, I think he proved that. that. I'm gonna tell you, DC. That's crazy because if he had been, if that, if that was, they missed a couple touchdowns early. The only reason there was a red zone. Um, to me, we weren't getting any pressure, and I can complete deep balls without pressure. So, um, a good, a good quarterback, a more seasoned quarterback, and doesn't get injured. Um, hopefully, they they rectify that, and we figure out. With all those DBs we supposed to have, that we figure out how to how to how to do do something different uh, uh, with with the defense. You got any com- comments on that? And then we'll get Xavier's good. Well, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm thinking that what you're saying. I'm, I'm just saying that he played to the strengths of the team against Sark, way Sark coach. They knew how so it was going to how he was going to coach, how he was going to take deep shots. And I, I think that he felt like that he could short if he shortened the field. And got him in the red zone. He could play a different style of defense in the red zone. I think he did that. So I, I think Pete Golan's adaptation to do that in this game was the, was the reason that we were able to stop him in the red zone. So I think that's good. I think he's learned. Well, I think what he did in the red zone was good, DC. But I, God, I hope not. We didn't plan to let him get the deep balls. <laughs> no, I don't think we didn't plan. I, I think we played to try to contain uh, in a in a cover two defense. Uh, up until that, without without it, without all the stunts and pressures that he used in the red zone, you watch it back, you can see the different play we had. We played really different in the red zone. We had different. We did that in the second players. half where we put the guy over yeah. the top. In the first half, we just. Uh, I, well, I think those are the adjustments. I'm talking about the adjustments. That's why I'm, I'm saying yeah, I think okay. the good part is the adjustments that he made. Okay. Um, right. And no one's talking. No one talks about Pete Golden. We're all talking about how bad that uh, offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien didn't make the calls, but. Let's give credit where credit's due. I've, I've, I've gotten on him enough in, in his career at Alabama. I'm going to give him credit where credit's due. Yeah. Uh, X, you got anything from the good? Yeah, my good was just overcoming the bad play to get the win. You talking about two drives early, two drives late, and that was literally all of Alabama's offensive output. And and as you said, uh, the, the defensive play early was suspect, giving up deep shot opportunities they were able to hit on one but just the overall bad play of this game to be able to still get a win was really good for Alabama and as Super Joe said it's better to get this out of the way now and to make the adjustments early in the season than getting knocked out late yeah well y'all know when was the, how, how good has Alabama played uh, in the last four stadiums we've been in Kind of a trend now. So uh, we've gotten three wins and one loss, I think you would say, right? Uh, when we've been on the road, um, not neutral sites, but on the road, we have not played well uh, with Bryce Young uh, at quarterback um, on any road games. I don't know if anybody noticed that yet. Uh, we've won three of them, but uh, not played well. Let's get to uh, Tom uh, Tom, you're in with the Martin Houston show uh, with uh, DC and X on the Alabama Hotline. What's your mind, sir? Hey, good morning to all. How are y'all doing this morning? Good. Tom. Doing good. Well, I'm enjoying the show, and uh, thanks, thanks for the call. Uh, you know, uh, I wanted to throw something out here is that, uh, you know, when I watch the game, I know I'm a junkie fan. You know what I mean? 
And uh, <clears throat> but I, I see things, and I like to ask about them to people that know a lot more than I know. And uh, but uh, to me, uh, our offense was uh, stymied uh, for the most part, and, and it was because of uh, the way that that Texas played defense. Uh, with their with their defensive line, and and the way they played against that offensive line of ours, which uh, uh, I, I think it is a problem. It's something that will change, but uh, uh, it allowed Texas to do things on defense that kind of took us out of our wheelhouse play. You know what I mean? And uh, and and my hats off to. Of course, Bo Davis is one of my favorites, and uh, uh, Coach Bo Davis, I say. But uh, the, I wanted y'all's take on that, and 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 do you think that that was one of the reasons, or I, I say the main reason, but uh, uh, the reason that they were able to kind of keep us in check uh, when we had the ball? Uh, did anything do that? You think? Well, I'll take that question, Tom, if that's okay. I, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, I agree with Bo Davis, but I think the fingerprints on that defense are all Gary Patterson. Uh, I think yep. three months ago when Gary Patterson came, I believe he was given the task of, hey, show us how we can play to beat Alabama when we come here. And I think he worked on it for three months, and I will give Gary Patterson kudos. He had that. First of all, Sark had the team believing, changed the culture, believing that they could beat Alabama. And Gary Patterson gave them the scheme to do that, and they did. And we did not, until until Bryce Young was able to improvise those final three drives, we didn't we didn't change, we didn't we didn't adapt, we didn't overcome. And uh, so, but I give I give credit to I agree with you, Tom. I give credit to Texas defense. They had a scheme, they had a game plan, and they had the players believing they could win, and they executed. It's one thing to have a scheme, but they executed Gary Patterson's. Defense. Well, that's to me that that's where uh, Coach Bo uh, Davis comes in. Uh, he was given a plan and said, "You know what? If we're gonna win this game, this is what your guys got to do." And by God, they did it. And yeah, uh, yeah. and and I, I but uh, to me, I, I I agree with you about uh, Coach Patterson and uh, him being uh, a brilliant mind in football. And I, I agree with all that. But to me, the key though to that defense. Is the way that defensive line played, uh, oh. where they didn't have to, to bring all kind of crazy stuff. Now they did some pressure, but for the most part, those guys stood in there and slugged it out in the middle of the field and did a pretty darn good job. That's what I saw, and I was just wondering if y'all yeah. agree with that. I agree. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah, Tom. We we definitely agree, and, and thanks for that. Uh, Got to get the break here, but yeah, Tom, totally yeah, agree. Thank you. Uh, Totally agree, uh, Tom. And they, 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 uh, uh, we had Biscuit Bruce call yesterday and he said he didn't agree with dominance, but dominance isn't always a statistical thing. Dominance is you control the game and that defensive front and offensive front, even though, uh, Robinson didn't have a lot of yards, um, they, they kept our defensive front in check, which allowed their quarterback to throw the ball deep. They didn't have a lot of runs. Uh, a lot of yards on the run, but they were able to get some run, key runs at key moments. And the defensive front, you know, they played play man up, and then they were able to blitz occasionally. And and what I <clears throat> what I would have taken away if I'm another team, and we have to get the break here, guys. Got two callers coming back on the other side. But what what uh, I would take away is pressure Bryce right up the front and don't give him an escape lane, force him to go outside, and he doesn't like to do that. That's that would be one of my takeaways from the game. All right, come back on the other side. Uh, we'll get a couple more callers, DC and X. I'll let you guys respond to it. Uh, respond to the the questions coming up on the other side. This is the Martin Houston Show on Tide one hundred point nine. Got DC Capstone Report and X is an old sports in with us. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, 
then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom-shaped stone, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you're telling it, Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you. Mobile One Full Synthetic at O'Reilly Auto Parts at O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, this is Martin Houston with Awakening. The team and I would like to invite you to this monthly community-wide praise and worship service featuring intimate worship and powerful preaching of God's Word. Please join us at the link that's 610 Watermelon Road, Northport, Alabama, or watch online at Empowerment Ministries on Facebook. That's Awakening, powered by Empowerment Ministries, the third Thursday every month at 6.30 p.m. Please pray for us and join us if you can. The sound of Bama Sports. Your show, your team, the Martin Houston Show, on your home for Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Got a lot of calls coming in, got a lot of content going on. Can't get to it all, but Virgil Williamson, good was the W, like X said. Bad was our lack of drive or preparation, and ugly was the penalties. And Virgil throwing out, uh, if something isn't done, our punter may cost us a game before the year's end. Uh, and I did notice that. That was one of those things. Texas went from inside their own 20 to uh, in field goal range and never got a first down. <laughs> when you had the, the, the difference in the punting and our penalties, they went all the way from being backed up to field goal range uh, without getting a first down on their own. Crazy. But, uh, D.C., uh, let's get to – we got Curtis Lewis and we have uh, Leon. We need to get both of these guys in. Uh, Curtis, uh, you're in first. Uh, you're in with the Martin Houston Show with D.C. and X on the Martin Houston – I mean, on the Alabama One Hotline. What's on your mind, sir? There's Curtis there. All right. Uh, if Curtis, if you if you're there, uh, we'll hang up and bring you back. Let's see if Leon is in with us. Leon, you're in with the Martin Houston show. Uh, what's on your mind, sir? Good morning. Good morning, sir. I was. Uh, uh, what I wanted to do is, I guess, the football question, but it's a fan question, and I yes, want to emphasize again how spoiled we are as fans. Okay, now I'm going to go with a good and bad and ugly. My good is that we won. Yes. And my bad <laughs> is that we don't have the proper type of anticipation concerning these opponents. You know, not necessarily how we play as a team, but, you know, what could happen. You know, we act like nobody, we act like the other sideline is empty. And then my <laughs> ugly is just that we are just downright ugly when it comes down to conditions. We look at the crowd and that factor, the heat, the, the conditions, everything, and we still expect to get the direct same Alabama team. Okay, there are things that are going to happen, aggravating and mitigating, that's going to allow us to look not our very best, but our bottom line is always going to be whether or not we're able to pull through. To me, that's the model of a champion. Uh, not, well, we good enough, we need it. Well, yeah, of course, every team needs to work on something all year long. you got to get better as the season progresses. But I just look at us as fans, and don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm, I, I'm, I'm not knocking on you, Mario. I understand, as, you know, you're, you're supposed to analyze. And hey, hey, Leon, let me tell you what I told, told. Let me tell you what the words were at my house. I said, y'all understand yeah. this is the way every other fan base watches football. That 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 the way we've seen it is is not the way football is usually played, and this is just part of the game. When we were struggling with Texas, 
That was that was yeah yeah. I, I watched the game totally different, probably than what I do on here. I I, I totally agree. I I was on the number two team in the country that had uh, went down to Auburn for the first time, and, okay. and that team was seven and three, and 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 it totally we could not right. run our offense because not because of coaching, not because we weren't prepared, strictly because. We did not anticipate how loud Auburn was. Auburn Stadium that day was probably 50% louder than what the loudest stadium I played in anywhere. And it just totally changed the game. So I get it. (laughs) So absolutely. Anything else, Ms. Leon? Exactly. All right. Uh, Mr. Dillon, I got to get get out of here, but we appreciate that. And you're bringing it right. You're you're absolutely right. DC uh, and X, I'll let you guys respond to that, or you can close with any closing thoughts you have. No, I was going to say Leon's right. We have the uh, I've told you a hundred times on your show we have the most fickle fan base in America. <laughs> uh, we think that we're playing against air every time. We don't give any credit to the other teams, and we don't give any credit for our team overcoming adversity. I think in yeah. this game, we overcame some adversity. We had a quarterback that improvised and made things happen. We had a team that believed in a kicker, and he went out there and made the made the field goal to win the ball game. I'm excited that we won the game. Do we have some things to, to get better about? Yes, but every team does at this point in the season. X? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm proud of this Alabama team, able to come out on top, going through adversity, 15 penalties, inconsistency, on offense, inconsistency on defense, but they were able to get the win. You're talking about the first game-winning field goal in this type of situation since 2005. This Alabama team did something that hasn't been done since the Mike Shula era. So I'm proud of this team. And, yeah, sometimes as Alabama fans, we expect to win by 20 points every time. And sometimes it's harder. But this team was able to pull it out when it needed to. In, in D.C., we may have to have you come back, uh, you know, later this week, but definitely going to want to talk. Uh, here's what my concern is. We've played ugly on the road consistently the last four games, I think, last year. This team has not played well on the road. Sooner or later, it's getting closer and closer, and, of course, we lost to Texas A&M. Arkansas and Tennessee are improved teams. And if we don't take those, you think they're you think Arkansas fan base isn't going to be loud? You think uh, it's a, whatever is causing that? The two different teams, we're going to have to fix that. DC, where they can find you real quick, sir. Fine, DCCapstoneReport.com, DC Capstone Report Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter at DavidCott50. So the podcast right. is up and ready, and you can check it out now. All right, that's DC, DC Capstone Report. He joins us every Tuesday. Uh, that's X with X's and O Sports. Uh, you can find X uh, on all of various social media outlets, but he's out right here on the Martin Houston Show each and every day. Listen, <laughs> we don't have enough time to get to it all. We didn't even get to our biggest concerns. What would you add? So guess what? We'll kick all of that conversation to tomorrow. Key matchups. Law Monroe really shouldn't be that big a deal. So we're going to talk about some things that this Alabama team needs to work on. And we'll do it right here on the Martin Houston Show For Joe Gaither, for ex-Xavier Houston, for DC Capstone Report, I'm Martin Houston, and this is the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. Remember this, trust in the Lord always, and not your own understanding.